0: One of the greatest joys in life, at least as a music listener, is always finding new artists, and especially artists that don't necessarily have the limelight, because as a listener myself, it's always nice to say, well, hey, I was there from the beginning, or I was able to see so and Soul's evolution. So in today's episode, guys, we're going to do something new, okay, because we're going to be kind of referencing artists all the way throughout this audio podcast that don't have the most light on them or are about to break into the mainstream or that we think are going to have a massive year in 2023 and a massive career as the years go on. So guys, if you do enjoy this audio podcast experience from NFR Podcast, smash us a five star review, please. It would be much appreciated. Then follow the Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other application that you guys are using, please. Um, It means the world to us. And we're doing these every single Tuesday. But Lou, you know, what comes down to you when it's like, is he underground? Is he mainstream? You know, wh- where do you like draw that line? Let's I say. mean, in
1: terms of underground and mainstream, it's interesting because there's a lot of artists out there like Griselda, for example, that are sort of in that in-between place where they're working with mainstream artists. They're getting um, to tour around the world, even though it's on the biggest venues. But to me, I guess underground just means that the average hip-hop fan or music fan doesn't know who the artist is to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, okay. sort of a case where they're super unknown for the time being. But ultimately, you have to look at the numbers, right? Like, that's the only real way to measure it if someone's underground or not. So, like, what's your, what's your like, barrier? I don't know, bro. I don't have, like, X amount of monthly it, it, listeners. Is 400,000 monthly listeners? <laughs> no. it, like, something like that? There's no real barrier. But, um, yeah, I would just say people that uh, deserve more light. But you said something interesting, too, about how, like, it's cool to be first on an artist. Um, but i feel like sometimes people take too much pride on being like oh i discovered this artist you know i was at a, a specific venue and they got to play live and i found them and you know what i mean put all my friends onto them but at the end of the day if it's seeing them live at a venue or having like someone else put you onto that artist or finding them on tiktok you're still discovering them one way or the other you know what i mean it's not like you could take ownership of being one of the first fans. That's very true. That's the way that I view it, at least. That's you very know what true. I Sometimes mean? Sometimes it just gets a bit ridiculous. Yeah. You know? it's like people, people take are, too much pride in like, oh, I found the guy, bro.
0: Or like someone ends up in like the 0.0000001% yeah. of all Cardi listeners and like just kind of won the lottery, you know, at the end of the year. So I always found that interesting. But yeah, I mean, the underground and mainstream conversation for me has always been interesting because... Like you were saying with Griselda, do you consider Benny the Butcher an underground rapper when like Mans is getting like platinum plaques at this point? And he signed you know? to like
1: Def Jam, which is well, one of the biggest no, labels. Benny, uh,
0: Johnny P's Caddy is only gold at this point, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's well, it's gonna go platinum at a certain point, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, there's just so much that goes into that's this the part. other thing
1: too, is that like I don't want to bring in people like Code of the Friend or a Chris Patrick or certain artists that are underground but are starting to get a lot of recognition. So I don't know. It was kind of just me trying to like. Choose some artists that I know the audience would probably fuck with, and also hasn't probably tapped into their catalogs. Okay, yet, this you know? is interesting because I kind of took up a different, like I took a
0: different approach. So okay. I split it up into like kind of like three different categories. I brought in three different artists today. Um, one I did under a hundred thousand monthlies. so someone that's like pretty low key at this point, but that's making really nice waves in the music industry. Then I brought someone within the range of the hundred thousand to million, uh, someone that's you know getting there but still kind of low-key and then i brought someone with over a million to two million to be able to have someone that's like right about to break into the mainstream maybe and okay. have that type of career so you i would start say my
1: artists are more or less all under that half a million mark for the most okay part. very
0: interesting yeah very so interesting. i could
1: start us off so i brought in d2x Um, who actually comes from Chicago. And when you look at the talent pool from Chicago over the years in hip-hop, it's been incredible, bro. I mean, going back to the 2000s where you had Kanye, you had Common, you had Twista. Then going into the 2010s where you had this new wave of like this conscious and more like soulful side to hip-hop with Chance the Rapper and Saba and No Name. And then you also had the whole drill scene on the south side of Chicago with people like Chief Keef and G Herbo. Um, There's always been talent coming out of Chicago. And to me, the guy who's next up, the guy who feels like he's truly on the brink of something special is going to be D2X. And he's actually a friend of ours. And it's cool because we were actually put on to D2X's music from Snowchild, who's an OG member of the community. And after tapping into his music, we ended up linking up, um, obviously virtually. But great guy who makes great music. And I would say what you could expect out of his album that's out right now, which is called The Color Blue, is... Some jazz rap and some vintage production that sounds similar to a lot of what Ye was doing on an album like *The Blueprint*. And I think what's cool about D2X is just the honesty and the perspectives that he's sharing. And if you like that jazz soul hip hop with like like some Chipmunk soul samples, this album will leave you breathless. Um, and I just I love the hunger coming out of D2X. He puts his faith into the music. He puts his struggles into the music. His hopes, his dreams, and I remember like bumping this album almost every FedEx shift that I was working um, a couple of years back. And just being able to relate to him because I was also at a point in my life where I was putting all of my eggs into one basket and really chasing my dream. And to see him doing the same and um, just having dedication for his craft, it was beautiful, bro. It was beautiful.
0: And D2X kind of reminds me of like a blue to a certain extent where like a lot of his content matter is. Not necessarily shifted towards a certain perspective, but it's very honest and it's very um, humble in approach as well. But you hear like that hunger to be a top MC. And I think that that's something that's maybe a bit lost within, you know, the art of rap at the moment. And something that I feel like could make a comeback at a certain point if the new young generation decides to come through with it. And um, when I speak to D2X as well, we had a good phone call about this. Like he is so um, pure with his intentions about his music and everything that he does is always to. Tw- advance his creativity and also advance like what he's trying to do with this concept and his projects like going to example like all the sample flips that you hear on the color blue like he's crate digging and he's trying to find yeah. the best samples to bring into his music and for me that's super important as a listener because if you're going to dive in into like that type of area of rap you have to be educated as well and I also like his music taste you know sometimes I'm, I'm like going through his IG stories and you could tell what he's inspired by that day. either if it's like a flower boy or you know whether it's let's say calm for example i feel like he's always on a type of time and i like the area in which he's creating absolutely
1: and what's cool too is that i feel like he's not entirely consumed by like the business aspect of the music as much as he is by the passion like for example the color blue came out two years ago and rather than like releasing singles and trying to like go fucking viral on tiktok he's been he's been sort of waiting to form a new project that can take him to new heights. And that's, that's going to be a project coming out this summer. Um, and that should be fire. And there's actually a single out for right now that you guys could check out called I Understand. Super deep song. But yeah, if you're a fan of The Blueprint or Friday Night Lights, You'll uh, you'll 100% enjoy the color blue, and we're waiting for it on vinyl. It's gonna come in soon, so yeah, we're gonna have to put that up when it ends up
0: coming through. Have that up Uh, in here. Fantastic artist, but listen, first artist that I wanted to bring in today, his name is Janbo, and he is from the UK, um, a Chinese Vietnamese rapper. Fire. What's interesting is that that actually plays a great importance into his music because I was reading a couple of articles on him and um, some interviews that he was doing, and he was always explaining like the the motif behind his visuals and like what he likes to present when he's packaging a project or when he's packaging his singles and he says he's very inspired by 90s film and cinema um, from the Hong Kong scene and he said that he lived throughout that entire like let's say culture that transpired and that that's one of his biggest driving forces so is for he a little music. bit
1: older if he was like uh
0: no i'm not sure what his age is to okay. be honest, because like there's no like exact bio for him or i would whatever. assume he's like a
1: 90s kid though if he uh for
0: sure but i mean like maybe he dove back in like mm. started to get inspired kind of how like we did with like the old 90s stuff from new york and that sort of stuff but what i like about jambo is that um his production choices are always absolutely incredible brings this um really nice mystique flavor to like uk grime that i really enjoy and if you guys are a of let's say a da- uh, like a Dave or a Skepta or even some like old Stormzy because like he's not necessarily too invested anymore into like the grime scene as much as he used to be for example but yeah the two songs that I could actually recommend to you is Chinatown Trouble um, that's been my favorite song from him all uh, all year long this dropped this year and it's cool because this is a bit him more on like his braggadocious sort of more vicious vibe where he's sounding a lot darker and like you get this mystique sort of production behind it and there's these beautiful saxophone that bleed on in the background. And then he also dropped Home is Where the Food Is um, earlier this year. And this is really cool because he's getting a lot more personal and content matter. And it's cool because he's also using some like Drake techniques in his music. I've been kind of picking up on that. Like so example, fl- like
1: uh, flow-wise, you would say? No, or? more production choices. Okay. So
0: example, like the way that he's mis- like mixing and mastering his Um, like his his beats at least for this single it was cool because you hear that like underwater undertone effect to the production and it kind of creates this sort of sentiment of flashback when he is using personal content feels nostalgic right exactly and then after that like for the time warping sounds like the panning within the production sounds really good Um, and he could also attack a bunch of different flows so example on something like trouble where he's a lot more vicious and quick with the flows and you have like those quick snare patterns and like those drum patterns to match it you get something a bit more relaxed like something home is where food is where he's a lot more personal it feels like you're talking to him now another project that i wanted to bring in from him that i don't necessarily want to speak much about in this episode because i need more time to listen to it is yellow pearl i've maybe only given it like maybe three to four listens at this point um it's five songs 15 minutes so i might expand on it in another audio podcast but you guys go for it this drop back in 2022 and from what i've been hearing i really enjoy it so far are. so i'll I mean, give you the final verdict
1: yeah it's cool to uh you know to be put on to a new uk artist because i feel like right now more than ever are there opportunities for uk artists to really break into the north american you market what i've been
0: liking about it is that i've been really picking up on like the flow and the slang that really like it, it it's so precise on how they deliver their flows and i feel like that's something that's low key missing out of like us rap right now listen to a lot of us rappers and they're either two in front of the beat or it's a bit lazy slurred out you're not necessarily invested it sounds like the last 15 guys that just dropped but now with the uk i feel like there's a lot more flavor and culture that's coming out throughout the music especially for the underground and um i wanted to bring in janible for today because fantastic music really really good stuff and i would suggest i
1: think it's always a challenge for me and uk artists like there's artists like wesley joseph or digga d that i've been giving a chance to lately and honestly speaking like the only artist that i've really kept in constant rotation out of the uk is the little sims so like it's still hard for me like i'll be honest about it to really make that connection to the uk sound but i'm always looking forward to it because it's refreshing bro it is refreshing and when
0: you get into that sort of sound that's nice because i do feel like they they're producing their songs a lot better right now i'm gonna be honest with you like i'm hearing a lot of productions from the uk and i'm like
1: whoa, this is some different shit. Yeah, like, like, like does real it, compositions, yeah.
0: Yeah, like really putting effort into mm. the productions that they're delivering. And it's not a copy-paste sort of thing where it's like, oh, I may have heard this on a Kanye album in the 2000s, or oh, I may have heard this sort of stuff on like an old Wu-Tang album. No, like this is fresh and unique to their sort of scene and to be a Canadian and to kind of like, I would say enter the door on this sort of stuff is really cool for me. So shout out Janbo, um, fantastic artist. And I'll let you guys know how I like his EP
1: from 2022, maybe in a future episode. Fire. Okay. I'm going to move on with La Russell. Have I ever told you about La Russell? No. No. I haven't. I, okay, so this guy is really cool, and I found out about him because of his amazing community building. So what he does is he has concerts in his backyard. Oh, cool. In his childhood home in Vallejo, California, he literally sends out, like, invites to his fans to pull up to the crib. His mom, like, provides some rolled J's for everybody. There's a whole cookout going down. That's crazy. And they pack up, like, I wouldn't say this huge backyard, but a decent, like, Probably like, I would say, maybe like the size of my backyard. You, you know what that looks like. Oh, that's it, pretty pro- good. Probably around that size. And the mom does a cookout. And what's cool is that instead of going on tour, bro, like the guy's literally keep it keeping it homegrown. And the way that it works is that there's obviously like a select amount of people that are allowed entry because he can't have like all of his fans fucking pull up. So the way that it works for you to get in is you have to make him an offer. So it could be offering, let's say money like cash to, to pull up it could be like i'll bring my fucking cute chihuahua like whatever it is bro oh, like, i see you have to make him an offer and if he fucks with the offer no matter what it is he'll grant you like the tickets to that concert and i'm just like this is such a cool way to really like grow a deeper connection and bond with your supporters and it's something so innovative that i'm not seeing anybody else doing and it. it even inspired me as a creator um just to really like hone in With the people that are the most loyal and supportive towards you and what you're doing. And he even had like offers one summer to go on tour with Russ. And he's like, fuck that. Like, I have shows to do with the crib, bro. (laughs) I I can't (laughs) go on tour with Russ right now. So I just, I'm a really big fan of the whole independent movement because it doesn't get more independent than that if you think about it. That's very true. You're literally having people at your crib. And what's cool too is the way that he runs his merch is that um, it's sort of a pay what you want sort of uh, template so that's cool if you want to support and give a thousand bucks for a t-shirt just because you really like what the guy's doing and you could afford it you could do that if you want to just pay five dollars because that's all you could afford to pay he'll accept it so i just love what he's doing and the experience that he's creating for his fans and the music is also fucking quality, and that's what I want to talk about now. Is his latest album, which is called Clarity. Um, it only dropped a few weeks ago. with seven songs, and if you're a fan of like that neo soul mixed in with some conscious hip hop as well, that's exactly um, what La, R- La Russell is going to provide for you. Um, some of my favorite songs on here include the the self title track, which is called Clarity. I also love the song called Money Grows where he takes you through different perspectives about how he views success for him and how no matter what wealth he might acc- like claim over his life, if his family doesn't have a crib, if his family and friends yeah. aren't able to travel, he's not happy at all. Okay, this is cool. Um, oh,
0: shit. Okay, so how yeah, many? Yeah, he
1: drops. That's another thing too, guys. If you're a fan of like short projects and an artist who's consistently feeding his fan base, La is going to provide that for you. He already has three projects out just this year. How many monthlies? Um, monthlies, he's at 200... 91 right now, okay. So, oh, so he still has some ground to make still relatively just, underground, uh, but like he's still getting major looks. Like, he's done an LA Leakers freestyle, which is really good. Um, 796,000 followers on
0: IG, though. It feels like his content is going fucking crazy. It's his right?
1: content, bro. It's the way that he's marketing himself that is just absolutely genius, and um, it's giving me a lot to learn too. So like I said, if you're a fan of that more neo soul mixed in with hip hop, also on a song like Clarity, you'll get also um, a side of his singing chops that are really cool too. And it just, there's this really like homey feel to the music where this it feels cool. like your best friend in the basement or in the garage just chopping it up despite having that studio quality to it. Um, apart from that, I just think he's a great poet too on this project. You'll find one liners. Yeah, the merch is hard. Bro. The merch is hard. You'll find one-liners like, did it from the crib, 100,000 records sold, ha, I call it ghetto gold. Um, really clever shit. Um, apart from that, I would also check out songs like Generational Trauma and Tucked and Workin'. Man, we have to um, maybe go to one of these concerts, bro. Bro, if, uh, it sounds
0: like such gotta, a crazy we gotta, we gotta, we, time, yeah, bro. Yeah, we gotta ask him if we go to one of these concerts, let's say. if Absolutely, we, uh, bro. Oh, that's cool. He yes, has the coverage. donation. Hey, okay, because that's what's that's a nice like model for a business, especially like an artist. I feel like if you're going towards the independent route, like you could really strive on your community and like have the people like kind of bring you up to a certain extent. So, example, let's say you take LaRusso Russell for uh, like for yeah. instance, you could. Take that route where you commercialize yourself, and then after that, you ruin the community aspect of yourself, or you play on the perfect bridge of like independency but also like staying within that mainstream realm. Yeah, also, I really fuck with this. This is super cool.
1: Congratulations, man! Yeah, he's awesome. You should definitely check out his stuff, guys. So, um, like I said, who put you on to? honestly i just found like one of those videos online bruv like him doing the concert in his backyard and i'm like what the fuck is this and then i went to check out his youtube channel and he explained how he had a contractor build um what he calls a pergola which is sort of similar to a gazebo but there's like an elevated platform and he even has like these wooden bleachers in his backyard so people could sit while they're watching the show that's so it's cool. so fucking cool so yeah if you guys want to check out La russell i definitely recommend his music super cool stuff here yeah yeah, man. yeah
0: yeah no no this is really 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 cool and I see some people already that I'm following are
1: already in tune with this shit so yeah no um, he, he's really talented bro Like I, I respect the guy a lot for just the work ethic and the homegrown feel to his brand it's awesome. really dope well,
0: congratulations to Lil Russell, but I'm going to bring in another rapper in today, and his name is actually Jev. Um, if you guys are familiar with Jev, um, he released the project, The Color Gray, um, back in 2022. And what's interesting is that when I was doing some like Reddit and like deep forum dive, like sort of conversation, because that's where you are find most of the conversation for like underground artists. True, you will. Um, yeah. People were just buzzing over like the unique aspect to Jev's um, vocals and like the way that he's able to actually portray himself as a rapper. So, Going through the Color Gray was quite interesting because I was never really familiar with Jeff's music, but it's super nice. I believe it's only like 22 minutes long, if I'm not mistaken. I have to pull up the exact track list, but this is going to be a really nice listen for you guys. And then it's also going to allow you maybe to go into different stuff from him. Yeah, eight songs, 22 minutes, and... Oh, he's super low key 19k followers on IG interesting yeah but you know what's interesting is that the music speaks for itself cuz he it has 800,000 monthly listeners wow so there's like okay. like he's all he's a guy that's all substance like he's really 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 like He's proud of his craft and you could hear it within it. Like he's really a creative and he wears so many different hats, and you could see that on the color gray. And that was the main reception that the project was getting. Because if you go through here, he's doing so many different things. So, for example, the intro track where uh Where's the Confetti? That's like the most popular song on the album. That's a bit more of like a grandiose sort of feel from Jev. And we got recommended that song yeah, actually. In the I remember hearing year. that. I was fired. Uh, so very good. You had that sample on loop, and he's also into his sample cuts, which is really nice as well. Then you got something like like and then I got revenge that kind of reminds me of like a baby keem sort of like flow and energy that's very brash in your face but very energetic very quick flows on top of this fire production then you'll also see him kind of tap into like his bike, if that makes sense to you very meditative while also pronouncing every single word kind of how like a no name does it as well on something like a gray as well kind of more of a lo-fi performance on something like a breathe so you go through this project and you're like how the fuck did he do this in 2020? minutes you yeah. know what's next for jev and what's going to be next for his career and then going through his social media i love his visuals i love the content that he's posting up because it's very exclusive and i love the exclusivity factor with an artist where like everything is absolutely intentional and i guess he even have much job he has one album out and then after that i believe he ended up dropping lone world freestyle which i haven't listened to yet this year so interesting if you guys want to check that out please go ahead and do so but a bunch of different stuff i believe he also has a single called matrix that's his oldest um song according to his apple music is it the
1: last one i believe so hold on let me go all the way down yeah, no so, uh, sorry i'm seeing he's relatively new so like yeah he hasn't put like the color grade is the only project i see on spotify his first right? one was called the diamond
0: rose or diamond rose this dropped back in december of 2019 and I believe his collective is I think also that's just a single. Could it be? I'm seeing That is pop- a single. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a single. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, super fire merch. If you guys want to go support him, um, I ended up going through uh, through his entire website. Yeah. If you go through everything, you're gonna be absolutely blown away. So, if you want to follow someone with a really cool project and identity, someone that you want to also fall in love with the aesthetic of the music and everything else that comes with it, because I think that's super important as a listener is also to be bought into the brand and be bought into the movement because. Uh, I was speaking about this with Fajel. Like, we don't have enough collectives or like prominent brands anymore within hip hop. Like, it's true. when you were coming up, being invested into the Odd Future like lifestyle, being invested into like the TDE collective and what that meant to the culture, being invested into OVO, being invested into ASAP, being invested into like f- like Pro Era and all these types of different camps, that made the music even more entertaining, and that just made the brand feel even stronger and the community feel even stronger. So. I love any artist that's able to like... What do we have, have right duality. now for
1: collectives, bro? It's actually a bit sad that there aren't that many that are as prominent as they were or they just disbanded completely. Well, you so. have
0: Opium right now that's kind of doing the most on the community building side of OPM, things. Opium,
1: then obviously the Dreamville and Griselda. Yeah, but I mean, know?
0: like at the end of the day, those guys are already like
1: mainstream, you know? Like that's you, why. That,
0: you, those collectives started like a couple of like years back especially with Dreamville I think it was around 2014 yeah. Well there's also Pivot really Gang prof-
1: Pivot Gangs another collective
0: Absolutely like you have them as well so you have your collectives but I just I like to see artists that also attach a brand to themselves and that gets me invested off of the jump so i wanted to bring in jeff for today i actually i Absolutely. don't know i don't know what state he's from it didn't tell me anything i tried to find articles like he's still super low-key the social media presence is still a bit low but i think he's gonna have a fantastic year if he continues dropping heat so yeah shout I'll, have out to, jeff. I'll have
1: to dive deeper into jeff but next up i have an artist that you are familiar with because he was on super Tech Mobo. this is Ice Cold Bishop, okay? Oh, and of course, he, so he was sick. featured on Hot Water Tank on Super Tech Bow, and um, Fajella has been recommending me his album that dropped this year, which is called Generational Curse, for the longest time, bro. For whatever reason, I kept putting it off. I only tapped into it, I would say... Probably a couple of weeks ago. And? And ever since, it's been fucking locked and loaded in my rotation. But I'm absolutely blown away. So the perfect entry point to maybe convince someone to get into them is just because of how animated and eccentric his voice is. I felt like I was listening to a mix of, like, Danny Brown, Wiki... And Schoolboy Q, yeah, that that's the sort of like vibe that I get from the originality of his inflections. And he's an L.A. He's a rapping. uh, He's my bad. He's a rising rapper from L.A. Just put out this album, Generational Curse, and it's been getting a lot of buzz um, and making a lot of waves. It's 13 songs, 36 minutes, and honestly speaking, it feels like his own version of a Good Kid, Matt City, in the sense that he's this sort of damaged and confrontational person who sort of seems to be in his john wick era who's rapping about sort of like avenging his fallen friends in the ghetto who got caught up in the streets and he's sort of dealing with his pain and his ptsd and the ptsd just like hangs over him like this dark cloud all throughout the album the production is fucking amazing you're getting more or less trap oriented beats but non-generic trap beats to any degree because you're always getting something that shifts the sound. If it's a 3-6 Mafia sample or if it's um, horns on certain songs, there's very... Unique elements sprinkled throughout the production. Not only that, but you're also getting quality producers attached to this, like Take a Day Trip, you have Kenny Beats on here, and much more. Um, and yeah, he's just rapping about sort of being in the streets and being ingrained into the gang culture, and he'll rap about like getting a Tech Nine before getting his diploma. Um, and I just love certain songs on here, like Out the Window. I love songs like Dare, where he mentions like you know, certain anecdotes about like how he can't even see the veins on his cousin's arms anymore because she did too much heroin. Like that's super deep shit, bro. Um that just sounds really true to him as a person, an artist. You also have highlights on here, like Till the End, where you have this bouncy West Coast G Funk beat with this bombastic trumpet that comes in a bit later. And this is what I would say, like, if you're down for a good kid, Matt City, that sounds a bit more wild and that has more of these, I would say, offbeat flows and quirky deliveries. This would be an album that to tap into. Obviously, it doesn't have a narrative as tight as good kid, Matt City, but it's the perfect gateway, bro. It is. To an album like this. And I'm fucking blown away. And I can't believe it hasn't gotten more attention than yeah. it's gotten, bro. But it's also it's it's super phenomenal. Easy, it, 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 look, as of right now, it's in my top 10 albums of
0: the year. Easy. His voice is so unique. Like, I like the Danny Brown comparison because it's kind of like this high-pitched, like, sort of version of a schoolboy Q sort of flow and delivery. That's what I really you like. still have that aggressive gangster rap to its yeah, core, it, you know? Yeah, it's fucking menacing. And even going on to something like Hot Water Tank, um, that was cool, too, because he was so animated on that type of production. And, like, he also... Uh, he uses whistles as well as ad-libs, right? At certain he points does. as well. And, I really and, like and that. And you'll
1: actually pick out on this. He has the exact same... Um, Fuck, what was I going to say?
0: He has the exact same.
1: <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, that something sucks. with the ad lib. No, I just blanked out. Anyways, if, if it comes back to me, it comes back to me. But, um, yeah, guys, you should definitely pay attention to Ice Cold Bishop if you, has, if you haven't yet. Because he can make some moves, bro. He can make some serious moves in this shit. I really think so. Absolutely, he can. Especially for hip-hop. Hip-hop needs people like Ice Cold Bishop right now bring Absolutely. a unique flavor
0: and sound and sort of aspect to the uh, to the music that we all want to see and love but okay let me go on to my next artist and um you guys might be familiar with this artist or you may not be he's actually what's cool is that like he has nineteen thousand followers on instagram but he has 1.9 million monthlies on spotify Sheesh. so another guy that's all about the substance make and the like, music talk yeah make the music do the talking and this is chase occur and um I love Chase's music. Um, I was actually, I was just talking to his manager about some new stuff that they have coming up and I'm extremely excited for Chase and what they have coming through the pipeline because when you look at Chase, he brings this unique and sort of really nice style to what R&B is at right now in the current climate of R&B. Think of like Brent Fiaz that's also able to like attack like higher notes and is able to get a bit more melodic in certain instances. Chase has 30,000 followers, sorry, on Instagram, but still super low key. And what's cool, too, is that if you're a fan of Brent Fias and that's sort of like R&B mixed in with hip hop, more or less, um, almost as if like the songwriting is hip hop to a certain extent. This is the guy for you. Um, he's 22 years old. He's from Atlanta, and actually, there's a cool way of how he started. He started off as a rapper before he actually got into singing in 2018. Oh, cool. So he was actually a cipher rapper in 2016. Um, he used to do like these ciphers in East Atlanta before he actually ended off, you know, with his singing in 2018. And then, you know, he started to get inspired by Jodeci and Mary J. Blige to be able to create this really nice alternative experience to his R&B sound. Then the project I want to bring in today is actually. His only project out right now, or one of his only albums, and it's called "It'll Be Fine." I
1: just saw the streaming numbers. It streamed fucking well, bro. It streamed
0: well. Yeah, you have songs on here with over ten million month, uh, ten million yeah. streams. So it's there. Like this is what I meant about someone that's about to break in. Yeah, like he's about to break in, and he's on that middle point of like, you know. Underground but still extremely popular within the community. And um you'll have such a fun time with this album, guys. It's fire. It's only nine songs, twenty-five minutes, super smooth listen. And what's cool too is I feel like a lot of new artists are starting to pick up on short albums. That's what's fucking yeah, cool. Yeah. A lot of artists are not like it, the trend is now starting to become more of like let's not oversaturate let's kind of strip this stuff back and create the exclusivity factor again yeah I, I,
1: I feel like yeah the only exception is when you go to like some other artists that are up and coming that are more into like the rage and new age sound you'll still f- see them sort of following that trend of the longer but the albums. thing is, is that, and that's what's interesting too I wanted yeah. to say about this episode is that none of us really brought in any of those artists necessarily
0: yeah. i mean it's just not a lane that i'm totally invested in or that yeah. speaks to my ear um i do feel like the sound does get redundant and that it has been prominent now for the past two or three years but it's kind of getting stale at this point if if you're asking me you could ask anyone else like i'll still go in and like give everything an honest review and i'll give it a, a whole listen and like lend my ear but um, to get invested into it personally, I can't. I'm being completely honest yeah, with you. Yeah, and that's but- the other
1: thing too is now you have Playboy Cardi and you have Trippy Red and you have Yeet and you have Ken Carson and Destroy Lonely doing it. And it's like how much room is there for new artists that are totally replicating the same type of beats and productions and chiptune synths and you know all these sort of EDM-influenced beats and whatever else. If you don't have anything that separates you from the pack, I'm just not going to care. I'm not going to care. I'm that, gonna that's be the, that, that, honest that's the honest truth with me. So, um, yeah, I think it's cool to see that... Uh we're sort of on the same page with that but uh it's
0: nice to see that the underground is starting to wake up a bit yeah like you're starting to see this new pool of talent coming through and everyone's very intentional like everyone wants to get back to the music and the no gimmicks which i really do enjoy and everything else is kind of falling flat so going back to this chase shakur project you guys are going to have so so much fun with it it's called it'll be fine and um there's so many great songs in here the most popular one is um honda civic 98 Um, fantastic singing performances all the way through and kind of reminds me of like a Gang Over Love record Mm. um, for him. That sort of vibe where it's extremely moody, like you're in the vibe you could throw this on in the summer and it's going to have a nice jam to it but yeah like some late night dry music you'd say yeah absolutely and it's gotten a lot of traction like he has 1.9 million monthly listeners but i feel like he could take it to a whole another dimension with his music especially like if he incorporates a bit of that rapping with the singing as well have you checked out the
1: rapping like is, is it pretty if, cool listen,
0: from what i've like heard so far it's been mostly RB based so maybe some of his uh newest singles are going to be maybe a a bit more hip-hop inspired but when i was talking with his management they were telling me that they wanted to maybe go in more of like an r&b direction with his sound so that was very interesting to me if you guys want to check out his most recent single um x's and o's uh that's on spotify apple podcast and anywhere anywhere else you guys could listen to the music uh this is a super cool single it's nice because he's back in like that brent faez bag and he's just i, I don't want to like play him close to Brent Fayez. You know, he's not a Brent Fayez copy-paste, but you definitely hear that he plays close to there. Like, there's yeah. a lot of alternative sort of R&B that comes through with it, you know? So, I've been a big fan of his music. All
1: right, fire. I'm going to put that into the queue. But next up, we have Gais Guevara, who we were also recommended to during a Twitch live stream where um, everyone sends us in recommendations and we try to get to as many as we can within those Twitch streams. Yes, sir. And, Um, There's a song that came up And up to this point It's still the best song I've heard from him It's called Fuck the Nordic Model And this one really Got me invested And I would suggest The same thing to you guys Mm -hmm. If you want to try to get Into Gaïs's music Start off with Fuck the Nordic Model It starts off with This gorgeous sample Of like Jamie Foxx singing I didn't know it was Jamie Foxx until I went into the credits, but he's singing, and then we go into this bass-heavy beat with some rattling kicks, and Gais just goes off about rapping about like different economic systems and flexes on his competition, and it's an absolute fucking banger, and I would say the best way that I can describe his music is that it's similar to JPEG Mafia in the sense that it's super experimental, it's outlandish. The beats incorporate a bunch of different influences from different genres, and they're very chaotic, but yeah. of course you have that advantage of the unpredictability factor. And his latest album is called "There Will Be No Super Slave," and it's pretty fire, bro. Like in terms of his performance, he's giving you the speedy triplet flows from one song to the next. Then um, you even have songs on here like "Face Off," where you have the sped up soul sample, and he's sort of describing and rapping about his experience pulling off his first murder and you have these gruesome details and it's just it's super well done but no matter how um left field the content might be you're always going to be entertained through just the variety of sounds he's able to pack in and just how captivating he is as an MC and um, I know a lot of people think that he might be derivative of JPEG Mafia I still think that he holds his own yeah he holds
0: his own for sure um, but especially flow and vocally wise I don't feel like there's that much of a similarity uh, I mean anyone could like sort of take from each other when it comes to production styles and incorporating that in the music but when we were in the stream the other night the whole stream was fucking going crazy for that song did he
1: win that night because we, we do power rankings on these streams
0: yeah yeah I think he had won that night i think he I th- ended up thinking i think he might have won night. um and that okay because on twitter something had gone viral from him where he had commented from a fan saying that like oh little Tecca is like now underground you know like a kid on twitter was trying to make the claim that little Tecca was now underground because of the amount of streams he was getting per track um let's say on new projects and shit and like guys was like this guy's underground. Like, what the fuck am I? You know, for and, and that's where like shit gets a bit dodgy, especially in the whole underground conversation.
1: You know, Lil Tecca is not, not an underground artist. Bro, that's bro.
0: impossible. Like, you can't even say that. Ransom has like over one billion streams at this point. Nobody it's, that
1: you know, has a multi-platinum song it, to me could be considered underground, bro. I don't care. No, okay, maybe you say that his numbers slowed down a yeah. bit or that
0: attraction kind of halted a bit, but Lil Tecca has a massive fan base that'll eat anything that he puts out. So at that point, like, what do you consider underground or not? That's a funny tweet. Uh, I kind of remembered that as I was going through. But listen, I don't have any other recommendations for artists. I brought in my
1: three. Do you have one last person you want to shout out for today? I'll do one more for sure. And then I want to have a little convo with you about uh, about just the state of underground hip-hop. But I'm going to bring in Reggie, who I actually included back in 2021 for my list of the top 10 songs that year. And the song was Ain't Gonna Stop Me. And it's crazy because I've been following him for two years and i feel like i'm experiencing a struggle that a lot of reggie's fans are experiencing right now in the sense that it's been two years and we only have six songs to go through but guys i'm telling you all six songs are worth a listen and it's just there's still that excitement of waiting for that first full project from him just because of his abilities as a vocalist i mean this guy just evokes so much emotion. He has this southern drawl to him. and such a smooth, buttery voice. And the first song, like I said, is going to be Ain't gonna Stall Me that you guys should check out. Um, he definitely um, will remind you of someone like an Andre 3000. Um, just in terms of how many different voices and inflections he can tap into. Um, apart from that, he has a song with Semino that I'm sure you guys will fuck with as well and that one is called Avalanche. That's produced by uh, Monte Booker. Right? Monte Booker is a lot of uh, Reggie's production absolutely and he just gives you a lot of these like soulful anthems about like persevering like he's someone that, you know, came from being homeless and came from you know, suffering with a drug abuse issue, and he's sort of now putting all of that pain into the music, and it's connecting with hundreds of thousands of people. And what's impressive to me is that with having only six songs out, he's am- he's amassed um, an audience of over like five hundred thousand monthly listeners on Spotify, and there's serious hype to his sound. And I just love the uniqueness of his voice because the singing is very soft-spoken. Um, the vocal sounds sort of fragile, but there's just this calming aura to his sound, and it always puts me in a relaxed mood. And I can literally just play like all six of his songs on a loop, bro. And it's just a beautiful vibe every time. And yeah, I really sort of see him fitting into. That Smino, Saba, Isaiah Rashad, mellow hip-hop mixed in with R&B and soul type of lane. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are into that kind of vibe, I would say that Reggie is an amazing artist to tap into. And I think he's going to be working a lot more with Semino because they they have a cool bond and uh, and friendship going on from what I could see. So can't wait to, uh, to experience that. But I'll be honest with you, bro. This is one of the funnest episodes I had making just because... We're at a point right now where so much of the mainstream feels redundant, feels copy and paste, feels like the art is being sacrificed for the streams and for the dollars. So how did you feel making this list? It was nice going through it because it allowed me to dive into catalogs
0: that don't necessarily make my rotation all the time just because of either, you know, doing album reviews or stuff like that. But I'm a huge nerd for diving into new artists and um, it's cool too because like, We also get a lot of recommendations and there's a lot of managers that hit us up or whatever it is. And it's nice to like get recommendations in or let's say have a management that comes through with an actual vision. So example for like Chase's camp when they ended up hitting me up, like it was nice to be able to speak with them because just laid out the blueprint of what they're doing and how they're working with Def Jam and like how everything's kind of going with them. Oh, is he signed to Def Jam? Yeah, he is. Oh, cool. and uh it's just it's so interesting to see that the way that they're kind of molding everything together so it's nice because you get an inside perspective when you start like working and doing journalism around these types of artists and to be able to see that sort of explosion that stepping off point is really nice uh plus It's also nice to talk about new material, like I really do enjoy it when I'm able to like dive into music that doesn't necessarily get the most conversation and that doesn't necessarily get the most hype, but I want to ask you something, especially with talking about, you know, six songs in two years with Reggie, how do you feel about that for an underground artist, especially like when you're coming up, I feel like you kind of do have to like push um, the content that's coming out, but at the end of the day, you don't want to sacrifice anything and it does come down to the artist, but like... If you do kind of want to break through and have that sort of impact, I do feel like you need to drop a lot.
1: Yeah, I I think Reggie does need to be, you know, putting out more music. I think that what's been cool about Reggie is that you can't really get his sound anywhere else. So the people that were locked in that did enjoy songs like Ain't Gonna Stop Me and I Don't Want to Feel No More and Avalanche, like those people are not going to forget because I'm one of those people. And I'm someone that, no matter what, bro, no matter how many years it's been, I'm still going back to those tracks just because of how high the level of quality is. But, yeah, in terms of him actually wanting to build a substantial career that is going to, you know, sort of grow with each passing year, I think he does need to put out a full project. I think he does need to keep pumping out singles and just getting his face and name out there a little bit more, you know? So Well, not only that, but I also think it's interesting for
0: an artist to be dropping consistently. And I'm not seeing a drop every week, but project a year you know like either if it's an ep or let's say it's a it's a single or a two or whatever the fuck it is right just being able unless to you accurate. have
1: like a section 80 in the tuck you know what i mean like someone like a d2x he's taking his two-year break but i've spoken to him and he's been working like almost every day on just 10 songs bro which no, is no, pretty I, wild no and i understand so there's certain artists that like there's a mission there's there's a goal in mind no matter there is
0: absolutely and i think what's cool about that is that it allows you to be able to create and it's, like it allows you to be able to be free free creatively excuse me but as an artist you kind of want to get reception on your music as well to be able to build out certain things and to be able to see okay like this is what my community is fucking with but here's also the criticisms um all oh, my project was maybe a bit too long this time next one let me see what i could do to be able to fix that or let's say all oh, maybe there wasn't enough this time and i didn't drop enough this year because yeah. my community's is telling me well maybe I should come back with something else like I also feel that while the artist has to stick to his artistic integrity once you put the art out there it's no longer yours you know and you have to kind of understand that as an artist and I think that the greatest artists even understand that and that they're, they're okay with putting their shit out there and having it go through. Yeah, know? no, I totally
1: agree. I think uh, a lot of artists, like you were just saying, was a good point. Like for you to really develop and grow, you need to be dropping consistently so you have that feedback and you can sort of be in this constant refinement and elevation process with your music, especially when you don't have that many ears already. Why not sort of use that criticism to your benefit? So,
0: Well, not only that, but no one's out here trying to become like the next Drake. You know, we're not saying I that. I think a lot of
1: people are trying to become the next <laughs> I Drake, bro. Guess, I, I guess so. But <laughs> a lot just, of it's, artists it's, out it, there uh, have that guy's fucking like poster on their bedroom wall being like, I want to be this guy or be on his level, you know, like it's just that's the ultimate goal. I'm not saying to replicate his career and sound. I'm saying to reach that level where you're connecting to millions and millions. I think that's every artist's dream, right? Yes, but to a certain extent. I think
0: now maybe the goal is kind of changing with artists, where I'm seeing a lot of artists just focus a lot more on the community building because they realize it's going to serve them a lot Some better. Some will,
1: like like a La uh, Russell, for example, yeah? Yeah, you know,
0: you have those artists. But another thing is that it's kind of tricky when you get your your career in that sort of spot because it's like you have to cater to everyone and you have to be able to create a marketable sound, but that also speaks true to your artistic integrity. So. It's always hard, but listen, this was one of my favorite episodes to actually shoot. It was really nice to do this because we get to shine light on some artists that do deserve the light. And if you guys did enjoy this audio experience, please leave us a five-star review. It means the world to us. And Lou, any final words before we end this? Guys,
1: off? as always, thank you for the support on these. We've been growing with every episode, and it means the world to us that you guys trust us to you know, provide these sort of, I would say, packs of music. You know, If it's either songs, albums, whatever the theme of the episode is— we're just grateful to have you guys check in. And uh, and yeah, guys, we're going to be dropping these every Tuesday. So stay locked in with us. Thank you so much for listening. And as we mentioned at the beginning, it would be appreciated if you guys can leave us some five-star reviews. And uh, yeah, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.